Welcome to Positively West Virginia, where each week we share positive stories about successful West Virginia businesses making a difference in our great state. Positively West Virginia is brought to you by the State Journal, WV News, and Interaction Media. Now, let's get down to business with your host, Jim Matuga. To you live from the Interaction Media Studio in Morgantown, welcome to Positively West Virginia. I'm your host, Jim Matuga. Today, we're going to visit with Megan Brown. Megan is the owner of The Pretty Pickle in Fairmont, West Virginia, Colfax, West Virginia, if you know where that is. But first, a little bit about our mission here at Positively West Virginia. Every week on this show, we talk with West Virginia business leaders and share their success stories with people just like you in West Virginia and across the country. Since 2017, our goal is to bring you encouraging and inspiring business stories each week from right here in the Mountain State. We've produced more than 250 episodes now, and Positively West Virginia is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. You could learn more about our mission of promoting small businesses, just like the Pretty Pickle, and entrepreneurship, just like Megan, uh, here in West Virginia at PositivelyWV.com. My team here at Interaction Media and our nonprofit, Positively West Virginia, we just love telling these really great stories, these amazing stories that, quite frankly, not a lot of people get to hear about. Our hope is that people realize you don't have to leave West Virginia to find great business opportunities. We believe they're right here in our state. We want to encourage people to stay here or to come here and build a great company or even to move back here if you've left. Move back to West Virginia and be a part of this amazing small business culture here in our state. All of our guests are people who are actually getting that done day in and day out. They don't just talk about it, they're doing it. And I'm convinced we can all learn from their experiences and most importantly, their stories. Our guest once again today is Megan Brown. Megan is an artist and she's the owner of The Pretty Pickle in Fairmont, West Virginia. Megan, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. Oh my gosh. The honor is ours for sure. <laughs> We're just excited to have you on the podcast to share your story this week. As I mentioned, Megan Brown is an artist and she's the founder at The Pretty Pickle in Fairmont, Colfax, West Virginia, in Marion County, of course. Her work is primarily created using resin, pressed botanicals, like leaves and those types of things, flowers, wings and bugs of insects and other items from nature. And we're gonna learn all about that. Megan is self-taught. She's also a very impressive Tamarack artisan. I love that. And she and her uh, business began back in 2010. So she's been at this for quite some time. We invited Megan on the show today to talk about the Pretty Pickle, to share their story and to give our audience some valuable insight into the company she leads right here in West Virginia. Megan, again, thanks for being with us today. Take a minute and tell us a little bit about your company. Well, thanks again for having me. Yes. Um, this is really cool <laughs> to yes. be on your okay. on your show. Um, so yeah, Megan and the Pretty Pickle is is my baby, my business, um, and kind of my life. <laughs> um, I I primarily make jewelry, but I make other things as well using resin and things found in nature. Um, so uh, my studio is in my home, so I work out of my home right now. And that's awesome and, and lovely. Um, I'm doing this full time. So that has been a, a lifelong dream of, 
uh, kind of being my own boss and doing my own thing and um, meet, setting and meeting my own goals. And uh, yeah, so I started in 2010 um, with a pretty pickle and actually started with sewn items. So I, I can also sew and it is another passion of mine. Um, and I started doing like little craft shows and things like that. Um, came up with the, the pretty pickle as my name. Uh, and the story behind that actually is my dear friends from high school started calling me pickle as a nickname. And uh, because at, at lunchtime, I would drink pickle juice. It sounds strange, but it is delicious. Um, and so they started calling me pickle. And I like alliterations and the pretty pickle, you know, it kind of worked. And it also works too, because, you know, when you pickle something, you're preserving it. And I'm kind of doing that with flowers and with, yeah. uh, with butterfly wings and, and other items, preserving those items in resin to make nature wearable and uh, pieces of art for display. Megan, I got to ask, how did you get started into the art world? I mean, obviously, um, you know, you're doing some amazing things. We're going to talk about your products and everything here and the, your, your craftsmanship, craftsmanship, but how did you get started? You know, what was the, the thing that got you into art? Sure. So um, I've always been, I was a creative child, um, probably because both of my parents are creative people, um, both like musically and also artistically. Um, and so it's just kind of like been in our family. Um, uh, when I was trying to decide what I wanted to do with my life, you know, as a yeah. young 20 year old something, I, uh, I decided I wanted to do fashion, something in the fashion world, actually. So um, I started off with a degree in fashion merchandising and then ended up getting another degree in fashion design. And then I worked for a little bit doing um, some work in those areas and realized I need to change gears here. So I went back for an education degree. Both of my parents are also educators. Yeah. Um, and I was a teacher for uh, 11, 12 years um, teaching in Marion County. Um, and so while I was teaching, I started the business. Um, and was doing the the sewn items, making aprons and baby items and things like that, because that kind of fit in with my fashion background. Yeah. And I really loved that. Um, and then someone gifted me, actually, it was my mother-in-law, she gifted me a flower press because I've always been into gardening and nature and, and hiking and growing flowers and things mm -hmm. like that. And so she gifted me this um, flower press and I loved it. And I started pressing all these flowers and didn't really have a purpose for them you know didn't have anything really to do with them other than all oh, these are pretty and uh my my dad and this was within the course of just a few months my dad was like hey you should play around with resin I've, I got this resin stuff and it's pretty cool and uh you should you should try this and so wow. I started playing with resin and kind of fell in love with the process it's kind of like um science and and nature and um, artistry all kind of mixed into one and it was fascinating and I was really terrible at first <laughs> because resin is pretty tricky and so is flower pressing to be honest to, to do it right and well um, but I just really liked it and so I kept doing it wow. and then when I was doing these shows and and participating in these um, fairs and festivals and things like that mostly mostly small shows um, I started incorporating some of these resin products in with my sewn items and quickly realized people like this. Like mm. this is not only do I like it because it's you know it's really fun and fulfilling to me, but people are responding to this and it's resonating with them because other people really love nature too. Yeah. And it was a unique product. And so um, soon after that, I kind of transitioned 
to to full on resin work. Um, and that's that that's kind of like taking me to where I am today. Yeah. Okay. That that's amazing. So you didn't really set out to be a a, a small business owner, did you? You you you're kind of exploring these different things, and, and next thing you know, you, you you know you've got something here, right? And right. W- at what point did you say, "Wow, maybe this could be a business"? You know, I'm doing this as you know a, a side hustle, you know, part time, doing shows and fairs and craft festivals and craft fairs and things of that nature. When did you? at what point did you go, wow, I've got something here. The market is really in using your word resonates with me, what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, I can't give you like an exact date or month on that, but it was right around the time when, um, when it started, when I started transitioning over to doing just resin work and it was Mm. just, it was going really well. And someone suggested um, applying to become a Tamarack artisan. And so I looked into that and uh, went through the jury process and, you know, took my products to them and, um, you know, went through that whole, (laughs) that whole process and was accepted. And that honestly launched me into this whole other world of like, this is real. Like, this is a real business. This is like, um, it pushed me to try new things Mm. as far as wholesale. I hadn't done wholesale up to that point. And that really made me like, learn about how to do wholesale and uh, uh, how to price items appropriately and account for time and material and all of those things. And, and made me think more like a businesswoman rather than just an artist, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it totally Um, makes sense. It seems like the, the, the Tamarack jury experience and and being accepted into Tamarack was an opportunity almost validated what you were doing almost. Absolutely. Yes. That's the perfect word. It was validating. Like this is, um, this Mm. is worth it. This is, you know, this is good. (laughs) What I'm doing is good, I guess. (laughs) It's how it validated me. That's incredible. I I think that that's fantastic. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to, uh, I I love that background. Thank you for that, that setup. And I, I love that part of the conversation. I always like to ask folks to tell me their 30 second pitch. So for, for the pretty pickle, Give us your 30 second pitch. In other words, what is it that you tell people that you do? So um, I tell people that I make nature wearable. So I take um, items from nature and encase them or coat them in resin, which is a durable material, but that's also lightweight, lighter weight than glass. Um, and make make pieces wearable or make pieces of art for your home. Um, yeah, that's that's my basic pitch. <laughs> that's awesome. I love it. You did it in like 13 seconds. That's fantastic. okay. <laughs> you know, I think uh, based on my recollection, I believe that the Tamarack, and for those folks who don't know about Tamarack, I mean, it is a it is a world class um, exhibition center uh, right off of the uh, West Virginia Turnpike. Uh, that and I believe there's 500, there's only like 500 juried artists that are able to show their wares in Tamarack, West Virginia artists, right? Out of, right. out of the thousands, you're one of 500 or so that are part of that. And I just want to, you know, I didn't want to skim over that, that fact, you know, because I think that's important because that you're in a, uh, an upper echelon of artisans here in, in West Virginia. Megan, what's the thing that you would say that you're most excited about for your company, the Pretty Pickle, right now? 
Um, I am most excited. I've got a couple things, but I'm most excited that shows are coming back and that the festivals and the fairs and the the ability to to meet my customer and and my people and talk about my craft in person um, is really exciting and I've missed it. It's been almost two years since my last show. Hmm. Um, and I've got one this weekend coming up at Ogilvy in Wheeling. It's Ogilvy Fest. Um, and it's a wonderful show and it runs for three days. Um, and it's just, uh, it's just going to be awesome to be able to see people again and interact. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I love that too. And, you know, we're still not out of the woods with this daggone pandemic and, uh, right. here in West Virginia, especially, but it is good to, to see people out and about and, and trying to get back into some sort of rhythm of life and rhythm of business. So I, I couldn't agree with you more on that. That's exciting. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your products. I'll, I really want to get specific and let folks know, you know, you have a, a website and we'll get to that later and we'll put, put post the link up to it, but you have some amazing products. Talk a little bit about uh, what you're known for at the Pretty Pickle. Yeah, so mostly um, I'm known for jewelry. So I make uh, resin jewelry pieces um, using real pressed flowers. Most of the jewelry pieces are pressed flowers. Um, one of my best sellers uh, are, is the birth flower jewelry. So I, I didn't know if you know, knew this or if people out there know this, but um, just like birthstones, we all have our birthstone. There's also a birth flower. I didn't make it up. It's on the internet. It's a true thing. <laughs> and so <laughs> I, uh, I, I've been able to grow most of those myself and press them in-house. Um, and so we've got a flower for each month and they make really nice gifts for people um, who are, you know, buying for someone who's maybe hard to buy for and has everything else. And you can't think, what do I get for this person? Um, the birth flower jewelry goes over pretty well because most people don't have that. So, and it's meaningful. There's meaning behind those flowers. Right. Um, I, oh, go ahead. I was going to ask you, are most of the flowers uh, sourced here in West Virginia or talk a little bit about a lot that? of, a lot of them are, some of them are not. I've got some different sources around the world actually that, you know, hard to obtain flowers or hard to press flowers. Um, sometimes I get from other places, but uh, yeah, a lot of things are grown right here in my yard. Actually, I have a big flower garden out wow. on the side yard here and I plan on expanding that in the spring. Um, yeah. And I have a, another line that's uh, the tiny spring leaf line. And it's in the spring, there's like a very short window where I go out hiking with my kids and, and husband and dog, and we collect leaves as they're just sprouting and opening up. So they're like miniature versions of the big leaves that you see in the summertime. So I have different varieties of trees that I collect these leaves from. And, um, and those are special too, because they're, they're little and cute and um, That's awesome. and unique. Yeah. 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 I love that very, very much, very cool stuff that you're talking about. Uh, so, so, um, you're talking about, you know, necklaces, you're talking about earrings, those kinds of things. What, what else are you known for? Um, so other than the jewelry, um, actually since COVID started, I started playing around with bigger pieces. And so behind me on the wall here, I hung up some of my, um, some of my mm. resin work um, that you can hang on the wall. So these are more like art pieces and I can put bigger flowers in these, which is great because jewelry is so small. You really are limited to which varieties of flowers you can use. So with the wall hangings, I can use like big sunflowers and, you know, just some, some big and bold, um, different varieties in those. And that way, you know, 
um, jewelry is not for everybody. Not, not, you know, some people don't wear any jewelry. And so this is a way that they can bring nature into their home mm. and uh, get to view it every day. And, and it never dies. And, you know, yeah. it's always there for display. So that's, that's uh, another I love, thing. I love the fact that you're able to take these things in nature, you know, insects and flowers and those kinds of things and turn them into art pieces that preserve that nature. Because, you know, a, a lot of folks, um, you know, especially I would say like in the cities and those kinds of things, the urban areas, they don't necessarily get this chance to see and experience those types of things, but having a real flower in your home that, you know, never wilts and never dies and, you know, you've preserved it. And I think that's, that's super cool. Now I mentioned the the insects. Can you talk a little bit about uh, that line as well? Sure. So most of the insects are butterflies or moths, um, and so I use the wings of those creatures and uh, ethically sourced, of course, um, because I do love nature. I never would want to harm anything on purpose. <laughs> um, exactly. And so, yeah. So those are treated first, um, and then. Uh, to make, to make them more stable and then um, are coated in resin. The wings take up to three weeks to complete from start to finish because it is such a tedious mm. um, process of layers of resin and sanding down and, and another layer of resin. And, you know, it, it takes a lot of time to build up um, to get that durability for his wings are pretty fragile. Yeah. And, you know, as you know, you've seen butterflies flying around with a half broken wing and uh, still flying around happy as can be, but they do break pretty easily. So treating them to make them durable and withstand wear um, is where the artistry comes in there, I think. Yeah, I think that's awesome. One thing that yeah. stood out to me was your cicada wing necklace. Yes. I mean, yes. is that a big seller? I mean, I don't, people either, you know, most people that I talk to, they're, they're annoyed with the cicadas, but you know, I got to ask. I love them. Yeah. I love the cicadas. <laughs> um, when was that? 2017, I think here um, in the Fairmont area, we had that big, was it 2017? It was sometime around there where we had that 17 year cicada yes. explosion where they were everywhere. And I'd find them on the road. I'd go on my walks and I'd find them dead on the road. And I just, have a little bag and picked them all up and, oh, wow. um, and then treated the wings. Yeah. That's pretty creative. <laughs> I think that's awesome. Yeah, Very cool. So let's talk a little bit. First of all, did, did you feel like you've gotten an opportunity to talk about your products enough? I, I mean, I got a pretty good idea. I, I think that's, uh, it, it's pretty amazing what you're doing. Sure. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about uh, where your customers come from and, uh, and how do you reach them on, through, you know, are you, are you primarily selling through fairs and festivals or talk a little bit about, I know you have an Etsy store. I'd love to hear that story. Yeah. So I started an Etsy a long time ago. Um, and people have mixed feelings about Etsy, um, as opposed to a standalone shop, but it has been really good to me. Um, mm -hmm. and because I have been on that website for so long, I feel very confident in navigating the, um, the system and, and, li and listing things online. And, um, and so, yeah, I love my Etsy shop. I think it's a great way to connect makers to people who want to purchase even locally. You can, you can set up a little filter on your search to only search for West Virginian artisans yeah. or sellers that are on Etsy. So I like, I like being on Etsy. I think that's great. Um, other ways that I reach customers would be through social media platforms. So mm -hmm. like Facebook and Instagram. Um, 
I would love to get into the TikTok scene, but I don't, I haven't done that yet. I might need some help from a younger generation. <laughs> Somebody help me get set up doing that and figure that process out. I've been um, on TikTok so, for, for like a year and I've never posted a video and I own a video yeah. production company. Uh, <laughs> I just, I love watching the videos, but I, I, I don't know that I've got anything compelling to, but I think you've got some amazing things. So I'm sure Thanks. you'll be able to figure that out. I really want to post some like process videos on there. I think that would really resonate with people to see like how I'm putting things together. You know, I'd like to do that at some point. Yeah. Yeah. So then I also have the website and people find me there. Um, And with wholesale, um, I'm on a really great website called fair. It's got an E on the end of it. Um, And that is for artisans like me to sell their goods wholesale to boutiques and shops around the United States and then also around the world, they've expanded to like Scotland and England and, you know, all these different countries. And so um, that's another great venue for reaching that particular customer, the, the wholesale customer. Absolutely. Megan, you know, you, you talked a little bit about the, um, first of all, are you, uh, you're the sole proprietor of this company, the pretty pickle. Are you the only employee or do you have other folks helping you at this point? Just me. It's right. just me still. That, yeah. Great. You're a solopreneur <laughs> and I love that. Talk yep. a little bit about, cause you're doing this full time now. Okay. I get a question so many times that's asked to me and I've been doing, you know, being in business, you know, I've, I've been in business and in, in the business world for myself, getting ready to start my 11th year here next week. But people often ask, how do you know when it's time to take this from being a part-time venture, a side hustle, like that's kind of what the kids call it these days, to becoming an entrepreneur that says, okay, I can do this full-time. This is my life. This is my work. This is the work that I'm called to do. And it's doing my own thing, my own business. How did you know when that time came? I think that's different for everybody. But for me, um, it was crunching numbers and and looking at um, what I was making with my my other job, my previous job and what I was making with the business and what that difference could be and how I could increase the business mm. um, profit if I wasn't working a day job, you know, mm. a, a 40 plus hour week day job. If I was able to put those hours into the business, how much more profit could I make and would that make up the difference? And so it was more of a crunching numbers thing. Also, mm. it was kind of an insurance thing as well, you know, <laughs> so we had to figure mm. out like um, I, we were going to lose our, our insurance if I quit my job and or resigned. And so we had to figure out another solution for that, which we thankfully did. So, um, yeah. so when, after crunching numbers, it was really just a numbers game. Um, then I had to have faith <laughs> and make the leap and, and um, not be so anxious. Well, it was the anxiety is never going to go away for me, but you know, to put the anxiety away for a little bit and say, you know, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to work really hard at it and try to make this work. And uh, yeah, just be committed and Mm. have a schedule for yourself. And, and when you love what you're doing anyway, it's not like you have to force yourself to get up and work every day. You want to go do it. So Mm. Mm. um, that was, uh, that, that part wasn't hard for me. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. I think it's, it's pretty interesting because I always talk about, you know, when we're talking with entrepreneurs and and their journey, it's, you know, you, you know, when that intersection of those two lines pass, right. And you're like, okay, I'm in this sweet spot. This is the chance for me to do what I've 
been called to do, right? The work that you want to do and love to do. And there's a market for, right? Because you already, right. you already know there's a demand for your products and, and, and things of that nature. And you, you, like you said, you've got to crunch the numbers, you look at it and it says, okay, here's, I mean, if, if on paper, it looks like I can do it and I've been doing right. it for a while. Right. And now yeah. I can do it. And you take that. What was it like when you took that step and said, okay, here we go. It was terrifying and liberating, like um, exhilarating. I don't, I'm not even sure how to describe the feeling, but uh, it was yeah, very exciting and terrifying at the same time. Yeah, I definitely. Any entrepreneur out there listening knows exactly that feeling. It's the, it, yeah. it's the pit of your gut and you're like, I know this is the right thing to do, but did I do the right thing? Right. <laughs> Someone tell me I did the right thing. Yeah, please. Somebody. <laughs> ah, that's too funny. Uh, I love, I love hearing that because I think it, uh, a lot of us experience that for sure. Uh, Megan, you know, you've been in business uh, since 2010. What would you say has been your best business moment since you've been in business? Um, well, I think we already talked about it. I think the, the launching point was also like, the the best part um because it did launch me so quickly and far was the tamarack um tamarack yeah yeah that was that was really cool and and awesome and how that you know pushed me forward into the wholesale world um which expanded you know a whole separate customer for my business um so that was uh that was probably the best and also this is kind of I mean, a little bit lame, but it is what it is. It's that like slow growth, that slow build where it wasn't like super fast and just jumping in head first without thinking about anything. And, you know, it was that slow build of like, of growth that made me confident in, um, in going full time and, and going full time is also a great point in my career. <laughs> yeah. You've had a couple great business moments. You know, I, I was thinking when you mentioned Tamarack again, I didn't, uh, fully tell people where Tamarack is for those folks who aren't familiar. It's in Beckley, West Virginia, off of I-77. I said the turnpike, but it's off of I-77 in Beckley. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, that is, that's huge. Um, you know, I, I do want to pick up on something you, you mentioned there, though, because I feel like, you know, you talked about, um, you know, taking that leap, right? But but the, the cool thing about the way you did it over, over a, a period of time is you didn't have to take a leap of faith. You first took a step of faith, right? Right. And I think yeah. a lot of people, um, you know, one of the things I like to encourage folks with is that if you're thinking about starting something, you can start where you are with what you have, right? You had yes. some flowers and you had a flower press and your dad gave you some resin. You're like, I'm going to try this, right? Yeah. So you didn't have to go out and get, you know, $100,000 in working capital. Right? right. Started with what you had, where you were, and you took a step of faith. And then we're later after you had proof of concept and knew that there were, you know, people appreciated you and wanted to give you money in exchange for your talent. That was pretty profound right and you're like okay now i could take the leap you took right. the step first that, that's yes. my point yes i like how you put that yeah for sure it was a step first absolutely <laughs> yeah so take us to the to the place of your worst business moment take us to that place and tell us that story so um 
I'm going to, I'm going to do twofold thing because I feel like these are both worst things that can also be turned around to good things. But, um, I get really disappointed when I have a great idea and I start working on a project and it completely fails. And that still happens, even though I've been working with resin for so many years now, it's such a tricky substance to work with that I fail a lot. <laughs> and, uh, and so that can be really disappointing, kind of set me back like, ugh. Why can't I do this right? You know, uh, but most of those failed moments are learning moments of like, oh, that's what I did wrong, or oh, I need to try this other um, resin or other mold or other process to get the results that I want. And so, continuing to try even after failing, um, you know, the failure is pretty terrible and like a worst moment, but but it kind of pushes me forward into into growing more and in my craft and getting better. So it's kind of twofold there. Um, and I would say the other worst part is I kind of like the business part of it, honestly, I'm probably not supposed to say that, but no, like no, specifically when you have an artist brain and you think creatively for most of the day, when tax time rolls around, my brain doesn't work like that. <laughs> and so, you know, figuring out um, business taxes and, and QuickBooks and, you know, computer stuff and inventory tracking and those kind of more like, um, I don't know, businessy parts. I don't even have how else to put that, but you know, more of like the day-to-day, -day, like keeping track of the business. It's not as like fun to me. And so I have to make myself do it and put myself on a schedule for those particular tasks because they're not my favorite. Um, but they are so, so important for running a successful business. Um, and so I guess my learning point from that would be outsource when you can hire somebody to do your financial stuff for you. Um, ask questions to people who know what they're doing. I have a great friend who she loves accounting. And so I'll ask questions to her, you know, and find people who are good at that and know what your talents are and also know what your talents are not. And, and seek out people who can help. <laughs> I, I, I think that's sage advice. I appreciate your yeah. your feedback on that. It's great, great insight and great, uh, great couple of great takeaways there. Thanks. Megan, I want to take a second just to mention our sponsors for Positively West Virginia, and they include the State Journal, WVNews.com, and Interaction Media. The support we receive from these West Virginia companies allow us to highlight incredible things happening throughout the great state of West Virginia in business. Our guest once again today is Megan Brown. She's the owner of The Pretty Pickle in Fairmont, West Virginia, technically Colfax, but just outside of Fairmont. Uh, Megan, let's get back to it. What's the vision that you have for The Pretty Pickle long-term? Well, um, the vision is to keep doing what I'm doing and getting better at my craft. Um, I strive to be like the very best resin artist that there is. And I know I'm not there yet and maybe never will be, but um, I'm going to keep working towards that. And, uh, and, and slow growth is always good. So I'm, uh, I want to obtain more um, wholesale clients and get my products into more stores across West Virginia and the United States and potentially even the world. Um, yeah, and just uh, I'm, I'd love to hire some help around seasonal time. Um, so that would be a vision of mine as well. And lately, I haven't really told anybody this, but lately I've been thinking about um, 
moving my studio outside of my home and onto my property by purchasing a building and, and having my own separate space that's still close right here on our yard, but um, far enough away that I can disappear for a little bit. Yeah, yeah that sounds awesome. Yeah. I mean, just listening yeah. to you talk about it, I can, I can hear the, uh, the enthusiasm about that and what that can mean. What's one of the biggest challenges you face right now in business, Megan? Um, well, I, I guess for the last couple of years, it's been not getting to see people in person. That's been a challenge. Um, luckily, you know, uh, internet opens me up to the, to the world. So, um, it's not completely a terrible thing, but I do miss that, that seeing those customers and seeing people face to face. So that is a challenge. Um, and space, you know, when you work out of your home, even though, you know, the whole downstairs is mine for, for the business, um, space is always an issue. So, which is why I'm thinking hmm, it might be time to have my own separate structure for this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that sounds, yeah. Sounds awesome. I, uh, I visited a, um, an artisan workshop. I was actually out of state. Um, it was, uh, over Memorial Day weekend this year. And it was so cool. I, was, I saw these artisans working in these little log cabins and oh, cool. uh, it was just the, the coolest thing. They had all their stuff going on. They had like a, uh, it was almost like, a, um, uh, like a, um, I want to say ecotourism, but that's not the right word. It's more of like an artisan tourism concept where Okay. The village brings in tourists and folks can come in and see these artists working and doing uh, carpet looming and uh, metalworking, blacksmithing. And it was just so cool. And when you were describing that, I could see you, I, I don't know you, I've never met you, but I could see you in a structure like that, just doing your thing with your, with your art. It would be pretty, pretty cool. So I'm, I'm I can see it too. <laughs> I'm encouraging you to go do that. I think that'd be super cool. Uh, what's, yeah. what's one of the, um, biggest leadership lessons you've learned about yourself in the last 18 months? Oh, leadership. Um, hmm. I'm not sure since I'm a one woman yeah. show here, I'm kind of leading myself. That's right. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I, I'm not really sure. Can we come back to that one maybe? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. It's a kind of a little trick question I threw in there. What's one piece of advice <laughs> Megan, that you would give to young business owners, uh, maybe somebody just trying to get off the ground, maybe somebody who's got an entrepreneurial idea like you had and uh, thinking about starting a business like you did, what's one piece of advice you give, give to them? Um, okay. So that would be to do what you love. And if you're loving what you're, what you're doing and what your, your business, you know, is doing, then you're already in the right place. You're already doing the right thing. Um, connect with people who have been there and done that or are doing that and, uh, ask lots and lots of questions mm. and seek out, um, learning experiences. I'm still doing that. I just recently took a class on flower pressing by a really awesome lady. She lives in New York, um, and also does flower pressing as a full-time business. And mm. I learned so much from, and it was an online zoom class. I learned so much from her. Um, even though I thought I knew everything there was to know, <laughs> but she had some really great tips and tricks. So seeking out, um, learning opportunities and there's so many online, we're not just limited to, um, you know, the things that you can find in your own hometown, um, that you can, you can find classes anywhere. So keep growing, learning about your, your product or your business or your craft and, um, just keep doing what you love because when you have a passion 
for something that shows through in your final product, whether that be website design or, you know, making jewelry, whatever that may be, if you really love what you're doing, that's going to show. And so, um, yeah, just keep working at it. That's awesome. I, um, I'm a big advocate of lifelong learning and I think yes. that, that you are too. I could, I could, yeah. say that. it was funny <laughs> in our, um, in my company interaction media, our uh, team meeting this morning, I shared with our team, uh, from the book of Proverbs, Proverbs one, it says, let the wise listen and add to their learning. So wise people listen and wise people learn. So I think that's, that's, right. that's good stuff. <laughs> Appreciate that. You know, what's one thing, Megan, that you do every day that you think contributes to your success? Um, I, I just work every day and I love it. And I, there's not a day unless I'm just not at home and we take a family vacation or something, but there is not a day, not even the weekends that I am not in my studio creating something. Hmm. And, uh, I think, I think just, just keep, you know, just working at it constantly and, and, and loving it and, um, and keeping at it and not ever giving up on it is what has hmm. contributed to that success. Yeah. Um, just the not giving up part. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's awesome. I, I think that, uh, you know, um, Loving what you do, you mentioned that, you know, in the advice portion of, of, the, of the question I asked a, a couple of seconds ago, you know, I, I think that it's, there's a lot of truth to that, right? How many yeah. people do we know, you know, them, I know them, we all know them, that just, they're never happy with their, with their job. And I'm like, well, find something you want to do. You know, it's not right. that easy. I get it. People have bills to pay. They have insurance to rely on, but surely you can find something that you're called to do, right? And yeah. it seems like you found that, that, and you, it's not worked to you. Yeah, it is an incredible blessing to be able to do what I love to do. Cause I know that many people can't or, or haven't found that yet. And so, um, it's, it's not past me. I'm not, you know, blind to that, that it's, um, yeah. I, I'm thankful every single day, honestly, yeah, that it's, awesome. it's just a blessing. I love it. What's one book or even a podcast that you would recommend for aspiring business people or entrepreneurs? Okay. So I saw this was a potential question and it made me nervous because while I listen to podcasts and books all the time, I listen to audiobooks and, and, yeah. and podcasts while I'm working literally all, all day long, every day. Um, I, I'm not a huge fan of anything that's you know, nonfiction. <laughs> so, <laughs> so in preparation, because I knew this question was coming, I did have a book on my list and I kept putting it off because I knew like, oh, that's not my genre. I don't, I don't listen to that. Um, but it was on my list because it had been recommended several times. And so I listened to it and it was excellent. Um, it's called Big Magic. Um, it's by Elizabeth Gilbert. And it's a book for creatives. Um, about harnessing your creativity and um, living with your creativity and encouraging that. And um, some of the chapters I found most helpful was like battling through the common pitfalls that artists face. Um, and whether you're a writer or, um, you know, like a, a pen and ink uh, artist or, you know, no matter what type of creative person you are. And I think we all are creative people if we tap into that side of our brain. Um, it was, had a lot of great, uh, a lot of great information and a lot of great, like helpful 
tips and things for the creative person. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. I really, sure. <laughs> I'm glad we were able to maybe motivate you to do yeah. that. Maybe, uh, picked up some cool stuff on that. Again, that's Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. We'll add that to our resource section of PositivelyWV.com. It's an area where folks, we've been asking this question on every podcast we've been doing since 2017, and we've got a a nice um, collection uh, that we've curated from our guests where folks can actually look at those books and order them right with a click uh, from Amazon. So that's pretty cool. So thanks for sharing that, Megan. Sure. You know, we've, we've covered, well, first of all, I want to go back. If you, if you feel up to it, answering that leadership question, cause you're right. We do lead ourselves as entrepreneurs. A lot of times, sometimes we're leading teams of hundreds of people. Sometimes we're leading ourselves if we're a solo entrepreneur, solo business owner. So if you wanted to maybe add anything to that, especially during the pandemic, something you've learned about yourself, that'd be awesome. Um. Well, I do feel like I'm leading by example for my kids. Um, Beautiful. Yeah. My boys are are so cool. And uh, I have a 17-year-old about to be 18, which is wild. And then I have an eight-year-old. And they are very interested in what I do. And I, I feel like I am leading by example by showing what it looks like to um, get paid for doing what you love to do. And I hope that that example and that leadership for them, um, helps them in their journey as they become young men and young adults into seeking out, like, you know, and really thinking about what do I love and and what do I want to do with my life and how do I get there? Um, by seeing, you know, how I kind of got to where I am with doing what I love to do. So, yeah. That's Maybe awesome. that answers the question. Yeah, perfectly, beautifully. <laughs> okay. I, I love that. That's, that's awesome. And I'm glad that we came back to that question. We've covered a lot in this interview. Is there anything else you think our listeners should know, Megan, about the pretty pickle story? Um, well, I do want to mention that I do custom work. Um, I've been super busy in the last couple of years doing um, a, a lot of custom pieces from just, you know, somebody having an idea of like, I want this shape and this type of flower to um, here's my wedding bouquet. I would like, you know, several products made out of my meaningful flowers and even memorial flowers. I've done several pieces with mm. um, with people's memorial flowers, and that has been really Um, touching and meaningful and so important and humbling for me to get to be a part of that process of preserving a memory of either a wedding or a special event or a first date or, um, or someone's passing in someone's life. Um, So those custom pieces are, are really special to me and I enjoy doing those. And, you know, people are interested in, in having flowers preserved. They can send me an email, which you can find on my website. Um, or, you know, reach out on social media, either ones. But yeah, that's been, that's been a really cool part of, you know, as yeah. the business has evolved, it's been another little section that I've kind of dived into is Absolutely. that those custom pieces. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Meaningful work. That's what I'm all about. So thanks for sharing that. Megan, as we close out our time, how can our listeners learn more about the Pretty Pickle, your website? You may, I'll give you a chance to give that a shout out and perhaps even contact you. Sure. So um, my website is theprettypickle.com and uh, email is Megan, M-E-G-A-N, at theprettypickle.com. I'm on social media. Instagram's my favorite. That's the one I use the most. Um, and it's The Pretty Pickle. And Facebook also, uh, The Pretty Pickle. And 
yeah, that's mm-hmm. those are my places. <laughs> Coming soon to TikTok. Yes, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Megan, it's been a real honor to have you on the show today. I feel like uh, what you're doing is really great. You're, you've found your, your stride here uh, with the Pretty Pickle. You're doing meaningful work and adding uh, tremendous joy and, and value to people. And uh, that's always a great thing. And I just want to encourage you to keep up the great work. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Sure thing. Folks, that's a wrap on another episode of Positively West Virginia. Positively West Virginia is brought to you by the State Journal, WVNews.com, and Interaction Media. As we continue on our journey to help share positive stories of companies and people doing amazing things all across the Mountain State, just like my new friend, Megan Brown of The Pretty Pickle. She's an artist there and she's the owner. Our hope is that we, in some way, equipped you and inspired you with her business story. If you or someone you know would be a great guest on the show, drop us a line on our website at PositivelyWV.com. Of course, we appreciate your comments, positive reviews, encouragement, uh, little cards that you guys send us. That's that's really uh, helpful in, in keeping us motivated and encouraged to, to continue this, this venture that we're on, this journey that we're on. Of course, uh, we love it when you share these episodes on your social media channels as well. And be sure to check out our weekly show, The Positively West Virginia Small Business Mastermind, every Friday from 11 a.m. to noon, where we bring a panel of business experts from around the state of West Virginia each week to help small business leaders win. Positively West Virginia is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. You can learn more about our mission of advancing small business and entrepreneurship in West Virginia at PositivelyWV.com. On behalf of our entire Positively West Virginia team, including our producer today, Mr. Hampton Hill. Until next time, I'm your host, Jim Matuga. Stay positive, West Virginia. 